The metaverse is emerging as the next big technology platform and promises to be the next frontier for human experiences on the internet. Into the Metaverse covers companies, technologies, and trends that are bringing these promises to life. Join creator and host Jonathan Ross Friedman, founder and CEO of SuperSocial, as he interviews the brilliant minds that are building, shaping, and investing in the Metaverse. Welcome to Into the Metaverse, where we help make sense of the Metaverse through deep interviews with the brilliant minds who build, create for, and invest in the Metaverse. I'm Jan, and joining me today is Matt Edelman, Chief Commercial Officer at Super League Gaming, which builds and operates networks of games, monetization tools, and content channels across open-world gaming platforms that empower developers, energize players, and entertain fans. Prior to Super League, Matt was Head of Digital Operations and Marketing Solutions at WME IMG, which is now Endeavor. Matt, delighted to welcome you on Into the Metaverse. Thank you very much. Excited to be here and talk to you. As always, everything discussed on the podcast is not a financial advice. The content is strictly educational. So let's dig in. Matt, as we continue to build an evolving consensus around what the metaverse is, today more than ever before, there is so much confusion about what it is and what it could stand for, what it could be. What is the metaverse for you? What is the metaverse for Super League Gaming as a company? It's the perfect question to start with. And I love that your interviews always begin with this idea. What we generally share as Super League's perspective is that right now the metaverse is a, it's an idea. It's a binding concept attached to the notion of there being a common immersive space where digital and physical life start to merge into a new form of human interaction and where people are congregating, socializing, communicating. It's a place where they can create and contribute. And right now, most often play. The problem is that space doesn't exist. So as a company, and I think as an industry, have reverted to talking about multiple microverses. And these different microverses are all competing for audiences who are interested in these environments, particularly the most avid segment, which is people under 18, or you could maybe say under 25. Uh, but just because something's a microverse doesn't mean it's, it isn't major, right? Roblox with 50 million daily active users or 210 million monthly active users. Microsoft's Minecraft, 100 plus million monthly active users. People talk about Fortnite as a metaverse. I think maybe half of the users are in the metaverse portion of Fortnite. Even Zepetto in Asia, 20 million monthly active users. But uh, it is confusing. I mean, a video game is not a metaverse. Call of Duty is not a metaverse, in my view. And where blockchain and Web3 fit in and sometimes get thrust into the conversation is also a little unclear. Again, I think that they are components of a metaverse experience, but they're not the metaverse. But again, for me, it, it is that binding idea. And right now that concept is bound by multiple microverses where a lot of the new types of consumer engagement are taking place. Super League Gaming obviously has been around. It's not a new company that came out of the block yesterday. You've been around for six, seven years, right? It's a publicly traded company. And so how over the last three years, especially, or the last two and a half years, how is the narrative of the emergence of the metaverses, potentially the next big frontier of the internet, how did that fit into the strategic direction of Super League as a company 
being around the category overall for the past six, seven years, how the emergence of the category, quote unquote, virtual worlds and what it means for the metaverse, how did that shape what Super League's gaming execution is today and how you guys are thinking about it for the next three to five years? That's a super question. Our business has evolved. It has changed rather dramatically. When I joined the company about five and a half years ago, the focus of the business was creating community-based esports leagues for young gamers. And we were doing that in physical environments all over the country and started doing it in other parts of the world. We made a couple of interesting decisions during that time to acquire digital properties. One of those properties was a Minecraft platform, and another was a social media channel that we've grown into a network of channels. But the reason we bought those properties was because we hoped that we could bring the followers and communities attached to those properties into our esports programs. Uh, when the pandemic hit and our esports business had to pause because it was an in-person oriented line, we had these digital properties. And we had these audiences. And one of those audiences was in, at the time, the biggest game in the world, Minecraft. And suddenly we realized that a lot of the companies, a lot of the brands who we had been working with, who were interested in young gamers uh, and could no longer reach them through physical events like esports events, were curious about how to reach them through digital environments where they could have a creative presence and a different type of engagement with that target audience. And that really informed the beginning of our evolution as a company to being focused on these open gaming environments, which about a year and a half ago became known as metaverse platforms, whereas they weren't previously. And it also changed our thinking a great deal. The size and scale of the audiences inside Minecraft and Roblox and the others we've talked about or that I mentioned are just so much bigger than what had been an interesting and growing sports space, but the numbers were just not even close. So it made a ton of sense for us to lean in to this Minecraft community with the property that we acquired named Minehut. And that led us to getting into Roblox. And then through another strategic acquisition, we became a more active participant in the Roblox ecosystem. And we really see the next three to five years as being all about these open gaming platforms, all about what's happening in these immersive spaces. And we imagine the audience size will likely double to triple in that time. Um, so we're very happy with where the company is now positioned and, and we're sort of fortunate almost by accident that we ended up here. So I want to double click on the brand piece and obviously through the podcast where I work with super social and gen more generally just the category we're seeing pretty strong momentum of brands, IP owners, et cetera, who are really looking to enter these new, well, they're not really new, but they're new in the grander scheme of what people think they're are new to brands, brands, right? They are they're new, new to, to brands. brands. Exactly. Because we're, we're leapfrogging from how brands thought about getting involved in gaming, which was primarily through the lens of some advertisement, sponsorships, Fortnite was the first to do those IP meshes, right? Skins, et cetera, et cetera. That sort of has been really evolving to what we're seeing now, 
where there is a lot of brands who want to build their own bespoke virtual worlds. And that's sort of the crazy piece because it's almost, if you would have said 10 years ago to anyone, even five years ago, that brands like retail, like fashion are going to build their own quote unquote video games, you, people would say you're insane. No one could have seen that happening. To actually see a retailer like Walmart build a brand game, video game, to see a brand like a prestige beauty brand, like NARS Cosmetics or brands you guys are working with, right, as well, to see them are essentially building bespoke video games on platforms like Roblox. That's a pretty crazy concept. And as we see more of these brands are coming in, what do you hear as you talk to brands as their greatest ambition for entering, quote unquote, these metaverse type platforms? And how do you think about business performance measurement with the space for brands being so nascent? Yeah, more, more good questions. I think right now brands are coming out of an experimental phase in this space. I think initially a number of brands dipped their toes into these environments, into these platforms, and they started to understand what might work. And so they became a little bit more confident with every passing quarter. We've tracked more than a hundred brand activations inside Roblox. And there have been various types ranging from brands who are, have created what they hope will be persistent worlds, games, or experiences all the way to brands just treating these spaces the way that you astutely pointed out they've been treating gaming for quite some time, which is just having more of an advertising presence. And there are a lot of options in between. But I think what is really emerging is the recognition on the, on the part of brands that particularly for that under 18 year old demographic, but increasingly up to under 25 and I think soon under 30, there is no other way to reach this audience reliably. They're, they've already stopped watching television. They have moved other than through paid acquisition off of social media from an organic reach standpoint, other than now on TikTok, which of course will follow the same pattern as Facebook and Instagram where Soon brands will only be able to reach their followers by paying to reach them. Um, and so where else can a brand have a deeper connection other than in gaming more broadly and in a more creative way and a more immersive way in these open metaverse platforms? And of course, that speaks to measurement, as you suggested. What does it mean? to have an audience connection in these environments. And what we're seeing and have some tools to help brands achieve is that there are a lot of ways to measure engagement. One, which is fairly obvious, is brands are launching virtual merchandise lines in these environments. And when those virtual items are purchased, you know that a consumer is engaging with your brand. It is easy to measure time spent in these environments. And the time is extraordinary. It's not measured in minutes. It's measured in hours and days and years. We had a program where we brought the Nickelodeon property, Patrick Star, which comes out of the SpongeBob universe, into a popular Roblox game. And over the course of 10 days, players in that game 
spent 162 years of time playing in an environment where Patrick Starr was visible. And we have some technology that helps with this is sort of awareness through tracking viewership angles. When you're in a 3D environment, you can actually see which direction a character or a player is facing. And so you can tell if they're looking at something that you want them to look at. I think that the biggest area that brands find challenging, there are two really. One, there is no programmatic set it and forget it advertising option. I'm not sure that has ultimately been that effective for brands in digital environments with ad blockers and low click-through rates on banner ads, but it's not an option in the metaverse. And a lot of brands are very comfortable with that sort of media alternative. And the other is in environments catering to younger audiences, there is no click-through attribution tracking because these are kid-safe and COPA-compliant environments. Um, and so we are helping brands, and I think brands are discovering with us and others that there are other ways where measurement is achievable. And there, we have, I'd say, 40% of our partners are repeat customers. And so the measurement is working. And what are some of the, as you go through these partnerships and bringing brands more into virtual worlds like Roblox, for example, what are some of the challenges and opportunities that you guys are seeing with regards to adoption of virtual worlds in 3D really as a modality that is part of the business for brands and not just necessarily a marketing activation? The, there are, I don't know, two or three standout thoughts there. One, brands are very interested in building bridges or accessing bridges between the physical and 3D world. And so firms are starting to make that a little bit easier. You can use basic techniques that even go back to the original ways of measuring the effectiveness of television advertising, where you had a, and still have mostly on late night advertising now, an 800 number that's unique to a DMA where your ad runs. So you actually know if the ad in a certain city works versus an ad in another city that's showing up at one o'clock in the morning on a cable network. But there are codes now that are usable and have been usable for some time where a code can be accessed in a digital environment and used to redeem something in a physical environment and vice versa. There are actually, this is being pioneered in many cases by the builders of games and experiences themselves. So as a game publisher, I know you think about this quite regularly. There are games that are making available physical goods that are in limited supply and can be purchased by a player of that game. And along with the purchase, you get a code to redeem something special in the game. And so I think brands are starting to look for those bridges. One of the places, by the way, where those bridges can be very exciting is through Web3, through the use of NFTs. Now, that's not possible in many of the metaverse environments that have scale, but those that are emerging, Decentraland and the Sandbox are probably the two most well-known, but they're not the only ones. NFTs can bridge that gap as well. And so I think that physical to digital area is quite you know, intriguing. And then you have brands having to think about what does it mean for me to be a participant in this digital environment? And what we basically say to them is you have to get in and stay in. You need to be in this space in a way that is permanent. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a permanent, dedicated, branded game in Roblox or 
a dedicated creative island in Fortnite. And there are reasons why actually that could be quite difficult and not appropriate. But you have to get into the space and you have to be there and you have to watch the trends and you have to participate. And hopefully you haven't figured it all out. So you're going to turn to a company like Super League to help you. But regardless, our advice is get in and stay in because it the audience is going to double or triple in the next three to five years, as I mentioned earlier. And if you're not there, you're going to be behind. You're going to lose out to your competitive brands who are there before you. Yeah, and I would add that it's also important to reconcile with the fact that what we're talking about, at least in my mind, is virtual worlds, they're not necessarily pure video games. It's a different type of category. Of course, it involves game, gaming, play. It involves video games, but we're really talking about something that is almost at the intersection of video games, social media, and I would add e-commerce to the mix to create something that is a mix of all of those three, which no one can really no one really knows exactly what it's going to look like in three, five, seven years. But I think what we're seeing now is probably a good prototyping environment for what it could look like without a lot of the other buzzwords that are ref- referenced when people talk about the metaverse, like interoperability, owning and carrying your digital assets and identity with you and all of those things that will probably, that may or may not happen, right? A lot of technical Challenges need to be solved. A lot of collaboration between platforms and companies need to be had. And so TBD, if this is really going to happen at scale, but what's clear is that virtual world as a social, as an environment to manifest social connection in an immersive way, in a playful way, are, is here to stay. You know, that category really started to explode in 2012, 2013 with the emergence of Minecraft and Roblox and so on and so forth. And obviously now it's becoming more mainstream. And a lot of those kids who started on Roblox when they were 10 are now 20 and they're developers and creators and builders on these platforms. And that's the incredible flywheel that no one anticipated. And when everyone dismissed in 2010, a platform like Roblox and thought it would never really become anything material are now still underestimating in my mind, how powerful the developer ecosystem is around a platform like Roblox and help explain part of why Roblox is so successful as a magnet for developers and creators who want to come in and build these experiences. And so just adding that piece, because I think it's important that we go below the buzzwords and understand really some of the fundamentals of why Minecraft and Roblox and Fortnite creative to some extent are so successful and powerful because it's a new type of environment that brings social experiences that are built by creators and developers who ultimately become businesses. And I think it's important to call out and make sure that folks understand that these are things that have been in the work for about a decade above, built on top of amazing technologies like game engines, which is slowly and gradually becoming one of the most important technology tools over the next 5, 10, 15 years. I want to switch gears and talk a bit about the consumer angle. From the interactions you guys have, either on Roblox or Minecraft and other places, with users and consumers, What are some of the key takeaways that you have observed with regards to the differences between social media in its current incarnation, and I would even include TikTok in that, versus where you believe we're heading with the emergence of the metaverse? 
So actually, what you were talking about earlier made me think of something that also pertains to, to this question. And I think that also goes back to what I said about a, a brand making a choice to be in this space and staying there. Active, being active in the metaverse in any form, whether you are a builder and you're creating a space or whether you are a brand creating or entering or integrating in a space, it is a new muscle. It's a new type of creation and it's a new type of engagement in terms of user interaction. And I think one of the key differences, and this is something that directly speaks to your question, is that social media, it's an asynchronous experience. Even messaging, which is really close to real time and can feel real time, in many cases is if you're the person you're messaging is sitting there by the you know, the keyboard or the device waiting for your reply, it is still asynchronous. And that's not the case in these 3D environments. The social interaction is essentially real time. You are there engaging with a physical manifestation, virtually physical manifestation of the other person or people with whom you are interacting. It is very tactile. And whether you are playing or competing with those people or creating with those people or just conversing and with those people, you are congregating and doing that in real time. And that is a substantial difference. That doesn't necessarily mean as a brand, you need to have somebody monitoring your space 100% of the time, 24 seven. But it does mean that the way you enter the space has to reflect that's how users are interacting. That's how the audience is behaving. And it's just understanding what that creates in terms of opportunity, challenges, business value, commercial effectiveness, it's a different set of muscles to start to work. And the only other thing I would mention that really stands out is we get a lot of questions about VR. And I think the, there are some purists who think of a goggle-based experience as being the only true metaverse experience. And I would just say, that's great and enjoy a small audience for the next decade. I think on alternatively, AR is becoming increasingly exciting and it will be very telling to see what happens with Apple's glasses and how the AR experience may be able through that product, which others have tried, but I'll give Apple a, a good chance of doing something compelling. But when you can connect virtual to physical through a device, we know it's exciting. I mean, Pokemon Go demonstrated that in a very game-centric way, but I think that is instructive of, of where the metaverse and physical will merge and that part of the concept of the metaverse will start to, to really show some distinction and, and things we've never really experienced to date. Yeah, and I think that's a great comment on the VR and the way I would double-click on that is, first of all, I think it's clear, at least in my mind, that the metaverse and these spaces are going to be device agnostic in a way that we're going to access metaverse worlds and experiences from all sorts of form factors, our phones, PC, game consoles, autonomous vehicles, anywhere where there's a gateway into these virtual worlds will be a great form factor. And it could well be that some devices will have more unique use cases. I think this is where VR falls. I think of VR more as a game console, right? It's, they're yeah. going to be people who buy it. It's not going to be the phone. But it can still be a very successful, very big category, which will take time. I think especially in collaborative remote work, collaborative design, 
definitely games, some games and exercising. There's a lot of great use cases for how VR, to your point though, I think AR is a much wider use case and mostly because it also lives with and it's amplifying and is empowered by real life. And so I think that combination of the real and the unreal is really going to be a bridge that is important, I think, for the metaverse to be so much more than an isolated virtual world where we congregate and isolate ourselves, which is why I think augmented reality technologies are so interesting. And TBD, what Apple may or may not announce in, in January, we'll have to wait and see. But I do believe that for the metaverse to really fully be realized as a user interface or a user experience on the internet, the interaction with our physical surrounding with virtual content overlaid is going to be key. Call it AR, call it however you want, right? But the fact is we will be interacting with digital content in many touch points, not just in these isolated virtual worlds. Switching gears from that to talk about advertising on a platform like Roblox. You guys have Superly Gaming acquired a company called Bloxbiz, which I believe is called now Superbiz in terms of the service you're providing. And the question is, Roblox is introducing next year TBD when exactly it's going to be rolled out and on a large scale, but they're going to, they've announced immersive ads and immersive portals as their first entrance into the world of advertising on the Roblox platform. They've already announced also that these advertising, either immersive portal or immersive ads are only going to be visible to above 13 year old audience, which kind of by default excludes already half of the population on the platform you know, plus minus, but more strategically, what is the introduction of the immersive ads and immersive portals by Roblox? How does that changes, if at all, your plans for Superbees as an offering on the platform to brands and advertisers? It doesn't really change anything for us. When we acquired Bloxbiz, Bloxbiz, uh, one or two tools to help developers with certain types of measurement and monetization. Superbiz is now a full suite of monetization and measurement tools. We are helping developers with a number of challenges they face across the operation and creation of their game, as well as different forms of monetization, both with and without the involvement of brands. And so we see Superbiz as a creator centric platform. It's not a Roblox advertising platform. And in fact, we've already begun extending it into certain areas of Minecraft. We anticipate some big opportunities in Fortnite. And it all goes back to the principal philosophy that you mentioned, which is builders in this space. I spoke with someone recently who called it the builder economy told them I was going to steal that. So I'm purposely not giving them credit. But in this builder economy, builders need tools to build. And the tools that Roblox offers and that Fortnite's going to be offering when they update their creative mode with a full complement of Unreal Engine tools and Minecraft creative tool set, those are not the only tools builders need to turn their creative passion into livelihoods. And we're really focused at Superbiz on providing the best in class suite across various forms of monetization and a lot of forms of measurement and even operations. And so it really doesn't change anything. We're still having a great success with brands and brands who work with us rely upon us to bring them into these environments in a variety of ways, not just by the placement of media.
Good. That's good to know. I think that Roblox is, my impression of the platform is that they really want to enable an egalitarian infrastructure that anyone can access and anyone can do a bunch of different things. And I think to a testament to that is they are introducing their own tool set for advertising, but they're not excluding or eliminating anyone else from the platform as far as I know. And I think that should be continue to be the case, especially as there's so much scrutiny around closed platforms and what they provide or what they don't provide. And we just saw now that Apple in Europe are being forced by the European Union to allow app stores to be available, other app stores inside the app ecosystem. So I think that's yep. kind of already shows where the wind is blowing, which is great. I want to switch gear and talk a bit more about like your personal side of things, right? So you come from what is now Endeavor, very different type of company to what Super League Gaming is. What has that transition been for you moving from a place like talent management and working with talent physically and digitally on, on venture opportunities and how you expand talent engagement? How has that transition been to Super League Gaming and now especially working on the frontier of the metaverse where there is a lot of different type of talent, right? Creators and builders and so on and so forth. And so I'm curious, what are some of the similarities and some of the key differences that you've identified in as you've evolved and transitioned from one type of industry to another? My career has really been consistent in one primary way because in other ways it has not been consistent. And that is I've always been involved in building something that generally didn't exist. And that is inclusive of my time at Endeavor. When I joined, I started working with them as a consultant to help consider new areas of growth based on a number of businesses they owned or owned pieces of or were thinking they should own. And towards the end of that work, they won the auction to buy IMG. And I ended up then starting full-time the same week that WME closed on the acquisition of IMG. And I would say what they acquired was, of course, a business that they understood as well as you can prior to owning something, but the operation was still a new operation for WME to figure out. And I was given the opportunity to help figure that out on the digital side. And so my work really focused on assessing and auditing all of the digital activities across the global footprint of IMG and assimilating and developing plans and strategies that could create a centralized set of best practices, functions, and platforms that would work across those various businesses. There was certainly interaction with the WME digital talent and traditional talent teams, and I learned a great deal from them as it relates to how talent thinks about opportunities in new spaces. But I wasn't actually an agent. I didn't actually represent the talent. I really worked on businesses and building digital businesses across, across the company's footprint. And I would say the connection or one of the connections for me is um, the commercial vigor inside Endeavor was unlike any experience or any energy that I had encountered in previous companies. I worked at Marvel a long time ago. And while it was a fast moving, willing to break things kind of company, the commercial vigor inside Endeavor is really quite unique. And seeing a thousand person company acquire a 3000 person company and in inject that energy into the entire global organization was 
both an enormously valuable learning experience, but also quite awesome to witness. And when I think about building things that haven't existed or creating opportunities around, for me, the intersection of new technologies and consumer behavior, which is really where I've always focused, the metaverse and helping brands figure out how to have the right experience and presence and success in these platforms is a lot about helping to convey the energy and the commercial opportunity and the vigor that's achievable and that's possible. And to, to us, that's when the opportunity gets most exciting is we'll spend time with a company like Hot Topic and we'll try to help them get into Roblox in the right way. And within a month, we've, we've seen 100 million plus impressions and 36 years of engagement time across 8 million different players or unique players. And suddenly the energy and the vigor is there. And so it's really understanding how to take the energy we have inside the company for this space and connecting with our partners and potential customers and partners and bringing it to them. And that's been a big piece of what I've pulled from the Endeavor experience. And so far, so good. We're getting people to come back and work with us more and more and the business is growing. So you know, a little bit of the equation is going right so far. Fantastic. Thank you for the background. And I think it's super interesting to think about that evolution and the similarities, which leads me to, as we conclude the conversation, I like to ask, what's the one thing that you want the audience to take away from the conversation today? I would just say a metaverse strategy is not optional. That is the one thing to know. If you are not investigating this space and making commitments to this space and learning about this space, paying attention to the developments, you are missing the step into the future. There is no doubt in my mind, even as recently as Roblox's announcement, that you'll be able to start to experience Roblox with friends in a way that approximates social media engagement. There's no doubt that the next decade, in the next decade, I should say, the metaverse will be as impactful and influential as it relates to consumer behavior as social media has been in the past decade. And so you just, you have to be in it. It's not optional. You heard the man, Matt, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. It was great to talk through all this. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Into the Metaverse. We hope you learned a lot and explored new aspects of the metaverse. 